Okay, people, fantasy draft season is over, and you, Brewski, 150 your way to a hell of a team. The season is here, and the fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 a month. And now that we're into the regular season, there's zero commitment. Sign up for one month for just five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it. You'll say you'll keep it. But anyways, it's nice to have options in life. The Fantasy Pass has everything you need to dominate all year long. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the Hoop Ball Discord server, where you can hang out with all our hoop ball pros, including myself, around the clock to get one-on-one -on -one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall and get the plug for your success for the fantasy basketball season. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds one. Trey Slaughter. Here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. Brad Harden recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm recording this episode on Thursday, April 15th, ahead of a huge matchup tonight for the Hawks as they take on the Milwaukee Bucks here at home in the State Farm Arena. And this will be the Hawks' last nationally televised game of the regular season. Right now, going into the game, Trey Young and Gallinari are both listed as questionable, along with on the other side, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who did not play last night for Milwaukee. And then the usual suspects are still out right now. John Collins, Chris Dunn, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Snell are all listed out right now. Before talking about the significance of tonight's game, I'm going to introduce a special guest and talk about Everything going on currently with the Hawks and the road ahead. We're going to dive into all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie why because it's so easy to use and since y'all my homies too i'm gonna plug you all my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code hoopball to unlock a 100 percent deposit match bonus 100 percent, just like an a plus in school hopefully you got them but if not this your chance to get 100 percent. you like playing blackjack there are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
There is so much that you can do on my bookie. And the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter. And you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future like i said earlier free band free band all right and we are back and as i said before the break we have a very very special guest this guest is very very busy with his time and i am just so gracious to have him on the show he has been on the show before he is a great as far as in atlanta sports media and i'm ha- happy to have him on the show, my favorite Florida Gator of all time, <laughs> Jason Walker. Jason, how are we doing today? Oh man, I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. We're uh, what a year, what a year uh, that that we're having here, and uh, you know, just uh, the beat goes on, man. We just uh, you're know, living the dream. I know you, you know what you're doing from a personal level, and you know what I'm doing from a personal level, and uh, you know, it's it's all good, it's all good, but uh, loving. Loving what's happening. It's always nice when we're grinding through life, when our sports teams line up <laughs> just the way we want them, and uh, and you, we can we can take some escape and some some fun inside of them. So it definitely has been, man, going on this year with these Atlanta Hawks. Woo! It, it's a lot. It's been a lot this year. It's been a lot of ups and downs, and for them to be where they are, we're going to talk about where they currently are located in the standings in a few. But since the last time we recorded Hoopball Hawks, the Hawks, obviously the, in that recording, they dropped a disappointing game to the Memphis Grizzlies. But since then, three impressive wins in a row, a lot of injuries on the injury report, as I said before. They beat the Bulls, even with Zach Levine dropping 50 on us. They beat the Charlotte Hornets, even though everyone nationally is talking about Clint Capella getting baptized by Miles Bridges. But a win <laughs> is a win. And then the Hawks holding off Toronto to win their third game in a row leading up to tonight's matchup against Milwaukee. Right now, the Hawks currently sit at 30 and 25, which is good for fourth in the East. And they are currently the half games back from the aforementioned Milwaukee Bucks. So, Jason, I want to ask you, out of the last three games, which one was the most impressive to you? Well, there's something impressive about each of them. I mean, I think that's why that's such a good question, because you mentioned the Chicago game and, you know, they were more healthy for that game. But, man, when a guy like Levine used to go off like that against the Hawks, whether it was, uh, you know, when Vince used to do it or when Carmelo used to do it, you know, registered Hawks haters, we call them online. Yeah, absolutely certified gold uh, Hawks haters. And DeRozan's another one that uh, that eats our lunch every time we play them. Uh, so usually when a Hawks hater like that goes off, it's it's the end. It's it's the end. So, you know, to see Trey come back and nearly put a triple-double up with 42 on the point side uh, and for the Hawks to win that game and, and really did a great job of adjusting and, and li- amazingly enough limiting Levine to 11 second-half points. Again, man, went off for 39 in the first half. Woo, man, that's usually the yeah. – that's usually the end for Hawks teams. And to watch them battle back and uh, to win that game, you know, was super impressive. And obviously what what was going on with, against Charlotte and over in Tampa against the Raptors, um, you know, was impressive in, because, you know, th- those guys were out plus Gallo, plus Trey, um, you know, seven guys out. 
uh, on there and to still get the job done against, you know, teams that have their own injuries, obviously LaMelo missing for Charlotte and then the Toronto's uh, lifeblood, their backcourt, Lowry and Van Vliet being out uh, certainly, but Hey, you know, those were road games. uh, And in Charlotte's case, it's a division game. And, you know, those things are, are hard to do. Those were impressive in and of itself because of the way Bogdanovich played because Lulu, you know, filling in for Trey on the backside and, and kind of doing some of those things. And, and Brandon Goodwin, Goody going off with eight assists against the Hornets and things like that. It was just, you know, it, it's a, it was encouraging to see the depth that Travis Schlenk decided to sign, uh, you know, went out and, and went all in, paid off uh, in, in getting these wins that probably wouldn't have happened in Hawks rosters past where, um, you know, the depth of the roster from one to 15, you know, wasn't as stout. I 100% agree with you, Jason. I did. De- I definitely tweeted out uh, not a, f- a week or so ago that, and I think after we beat the Spurs and then we played the Hornets and we played the Warriors. And I just said, that if you take out our top players and look at our rosters compared so you know, side by side to those teams I mentioned, that's where, as you said, the offseason really paid off from Travis Schlenk and management, bringing in us that kind of continue the ship floating and staying on course as far as going towards the playoffs. And that's what we're, that's what they've been doing the last three games. And I, I agree with you. Chicago game, in my opinion, was the most impressive. I think it was one of the most impressive wins this year outside of, in my opinion, the Detroit uh, comeback win where we won in overtime here in Atlanta a couple months ago, as both of those wins, you know, the odds were stacked against the Hawks and it took a lot of grit, toughness, and they really had to lean on each other and then people had to step up. And those are the recipes for comeback wins and holding off opponents and getting dubs. That's what we're starting to see from this team. They're starting to kind of formulate an identity, even with all these players out. And I'm just so it leads me kind of to my next question with a slew of players out for the Hawks. Who do you think we need back the most? I mean, obviously we need everyone back because if you have a full clip in the chamber, this team is really dangerous and can make potentially a run in the playoffs. But who do you think we desperately need back? Well, I'll take it from two ways. You know, from the obviously you need Trey Young back and and want to play. But we'll talk about the guys that are out, been out extended periods of time and that's between you know a dunn uh you know collins hunter uh you know those are the those are the guys that have been really you know gone 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 and to me the answer is collins you need john collins back he's he's dynamic he's a top player he's going to get ridiculous amount of money in the offseason and uh you know he's so diverse he was a matchup problem every single game that he goes out there it seems to like he's got a matchup you know, he's got a, he's someone too small, someone too slow, someone who can't go out with him, somebody who can't stand with him, you know, and uh, guys like that are hard to find in the NBA where there's just a continual matchup problem, uh, game in, game out. So, you know, Collins is the one. And then Hunter from, you know, you take a look at the Hawks defensive uh, lineup numbers, you know, Hunter's involved in almost every single one of the best defensive lineups that are out there. And and even watching him come back for the two games that he came back for. Uh, you know, he was still going to the hoop. He was still finishing through contact. Uh, he was, you know, thinking, but he was also matching up outside and and taking on some of the t- the toughest guys. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, th- those are the two, you know, two big ones. But, you know, you mentioned the Memphis game. It's funny, you know, this 
won seven of eight. But we can remember that Memphis game very vividly because yes. Memphis really gave it to us. And they were giving uh, Dallas that last night, as a matter of fact, uh, until Luca woke up. But, um, you know, they, they're a tough team. And a guy like Chris Dunn is a guy that matches up in those kind of things when you have a guy going off like Morant or, you know, you have somebody in there. Chris Dunn can match intensity from a defensive standpoint. And, uh, you know, it's a shame we haven't gotten to see him see him play because I, I think, you know, in a lot of these games, we, you know, we could we could do with or without Chris Dunn uh, impact defensively in the lineup. But in a game like that, a game against Memphis and a game against some of the teams we're going to see in the playoffs, you need a guy, you need Chris Dunn in your rotation battling for you. So I know a lot of Hawks fans haven't uh, probably don't know him and probably don't know of him, but he was one of the guys I was most excited about uh, signing as a free agent because of the things that he can let you do from a rotation standpoint, uh, matchup wise and, and, you know, how he complements some of the guys on this roster and getting the Hawks into more transition opportunities and easier buckets. I just think that, Folks are going to be impressed when they finally get to lay eyes on Dunn. He's not impressive offensively, but the, his getting under your skin defense is a, is really a great thing to have and was a just a real value signing in the offseason. I 100% agree. I cannot wait for Dunn to be able to suit up. I think about the games to play Cleveland and Sexton went off for a bunch of points. Uh, the game where Dame obviously playing Portland out west. Uh, just all the other really good backcourt players in the NBA, in today's NBA, and then you can put, have the luxury of putting out a Chris Dunn on them to kind of limit what they do because he's so tough defensively. That is something that the Hawks were missing going into this season was a strong perimeter defender. Obviously, Hunter and Reddish taking steps up forward on the defensive end, but they haven't been available. The same for Chris Dunn. So we just need our perimeter defenders available because we have plenty of backcourt players who can score now, who can who can fill them up in the stat sheet, adding Lou Will. Obviously, we have Trey Young, Bogey, and the list goes on. But And Brandon Goodwin, as you mentioned, has been looking good. But defense is going to be the key, and obviously that is a staple of, you know, Nate McMillan's career as a head coach in the NBA. And we talked about, obviously – about players who are not available. We're going to talk about the players who have been available and have been stepping up. And you mentioned Brandon Goodwin, which is one of my answers. I wanted to ask you, because I know my answer for this question, but who have you been most impressed with stepping up as of late for this Hawks team? Yeah, it was all, you know, shoot, man, when you get when you win like this, man, you you really have a buffet to choose from on there. I mean, you, and you can go high and you can talk about how Trey and and Clint Capella have stepped up and made sure that they brought that, you know, all NBA level type of game, uh, game in, game out over the stretch. Because without that kind of level of play from your stars, you know, you're not going anywhere. But, you know, it was great to see Bogdanovich play, you know, really step into the role that he was signed to be, you know, as, as it is with free agent acquisitions. You know, you can, it's it's bumpy at first, but, I you know, seeing Bogey come in and, and, uh, you know, look for his shot and be that facilitator. Um, you know, that's that's fantastic, too. And then, you know, guys like Tony Snell, you know, Snell you know, had been a, been a sniper all year. And, man, I hate it that he rolled his ankle because when, when you're going that good as a baller, uh, you know, you know, it just doesn't last forever. And you hate 
know, I'd rather get hurt when I'm in a slump rather than get hurt when I'm hot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you don't you want to keep smoking, you know. Uh, but Tony's been great. And, you know, you, what you've seen is that he's come off the you know, as, as teams have run at him. He's been able to come off that shot and get inside. You know, that was a big thing that he hadn't gotten fouled and taken a free throw in so long. You know, now he's gotten a lot, not much, but, uh, you know, certainly a lot more. And that's that's you know, that's a guy that steps up and go beyond his his comfort zone and his comfort role there. And obviously playing, you know, uh, you know, great defense as well. So, I mean, it's just kind of up and down the board. And of course. You know, I, I love to see when all these guys get hurt, you know, finally they give my man on Yeke Kungwu some minutes and get O with the big O out there and make good on everything that all of us saw going into that draft, which is a, a guy who plays big. He plays long. He plays te- fundamentally sound, just incredibly beyond his years as a rookie. Uh, to be able to move defensively and, and move offensively, set great screens, uh, be able to finish above the rim uh, like he, you know, like he did the other night. But he was only getting two or three minutes a show, you know, a night. So it's been great to see the Big O uh, get more minutes and, and step up in, into those minutes as well. I tried to cover everybody. I know you said pick one, but like I said, when you're winning, you know, everybody's on the board. It's more than just one player stepping up right now. Uh, so that's why that, that was a hard question. I know my answer was bogey, but then I said, well, good win. And then yeah. you, I, I wasn't even going to bring Oyeko Okongu up, but I have, because I've been defending him at nauseum the last couple episodes because a lot of people have been quick to, quick to say, oh, he's a bust. He's a bust because obviously he started playing in January. And then we played a, uh, the game against the Kings and Tyrese Halliburton, who was in the conversation for rookie yeah. of the year, uh, yeah. looks great. And so now everyone's like, well, Oyeko Kongu was a bust, and I always kind of joke that our this next generation is a microwave uh, <laughs> generation. Uh, we yeah, want instant yeah. gratification, and just because we haven't seen it from Oyeko Kongu because of the limited minutes, right? Because of injury, and now that he's getting clock and he's getting more comfortable, we're starting to see what me and you and others saw yeah. when we when we drafted him, or when we were even researching for the draft. That okay. He has the potential to be a really good interior defender. He is not afraid. That is one thing that we right. he's not afraid. He has the intangibles with the footwork. He has the IQ. He has the aggression on the yeah. defensive end. He just needs to work on the offensive end. And that will come, as I always say, that I think that transitioning as a big man in the NBA, when you're not already physically just imposing, is one of the hardest positions to transition to. Going into the league, I feel like it's easier as a guard to transition than a big man, especially him being a little wiry. He's going to definitely have to put some some weight on his frame and add yeah. some strength strength as well. But the intangibles are there, and I'm starting. I'm glad that we're starting to see it, and I'm glad that a Hawks Pierce as yourself acknowledged it on this program. So, guys, obviously I'm going to tell you to follow him after this episode, but. You need to listen to Jason because he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's good. And I, you know, you talk about instant gratification. He just needs more more minutes to show you what he can do. But it, the things that he does isn't as obvious. You know, obviously when he dunks and plays above the rim, blocks a shot. I mean, those things are obvious. But it's the defensive spacing. It's knowing where to be. It's helping the teammates. You know, he's you know to me he's as fundamentally sound back there. Uh, as a veteran is. And, and you know, that's huge to be able to get out of the draft. Somebody who can come right in and play that kind of basketball. It's great. Yeah. 
And with him just being two years removed from high school ball and still the sky is the limit for him. And obviously it was easy for people to kind of cast stones at him compared to Nathan Knight, who offensively is definitely more polished yeah. than Oyeko Okongwu. And so when you're comparing, you know, apples to apples, of course you're going to say, okay, this apple is better. And <laughs> maybe this apple, this apple isn't good, but we, we, we have to be paid. We have to be patient. And, I said on my last episode, these young players that we have are kind of thrown into the fire a lot sooner than everyone expected with them being the fourth seed right now in the East, which we'll talk a little bit more about playoff seeding and the course of the regular season here in a minute. But it, like I said, they're, they're thrown in the fire and they're going to have to learn fast. But I think that this experience valuable, especially when you're tasting success earlier in, the, in your career. It makes you hungrier, obviously, to grow as a player, but to continue to sustain that level of success, which will make this offseason, however far, you know, the Hawks make it into uh, playing tournament, playoffs and so forth. I think it's going to make an even better offseason for these young players as far as Keenan, what they need to work on. And they're motivated because, you know, we want to win now. And I, I just think that it's setting, you know, the, the young front court as well as the young players in the backcourt as well for the Hawks, up for pretty good careers, whether they are lifelong Hawks or obviously they transition elsewhere. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree with that. I, there's nothing to worry about, Hawks fans. Nothing to worry about. Nothing. Yep, please don't, wor- don't worry. Don't worry. Be patient, uh, which is hard for a lot of people, uh, especially coming out of a pandemic. People are losing patience, but hey, just – just hold on, hold on. We'll be there soon. And speaking of soon, after this quick break, we're going to talk about playoffs, upcoming games, and a little bit of off-season questions uh, for Mr. Jason Walker that's here on the program here on Hoop Ball Hawks. But first, a quick plug for Bruce Letter. Okay, quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement. And it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. What's the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, the GOAT, is writing an email newsletter filled with its most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in an email newsletter. And you can sign up to get it for free. I said it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. And you get it straight from the GOAT and Brewski into your inbox and enjoy the nuggets to help you succeed in your fantasy basketball league. All right, and we are back. Hope you guys enjoyed the Bruise Letter promo. You make sure to check that out on our website, hoop-ball.com. We're going to talk more Hawks. We're going to talk playoffs. Playoffs? No Jim Moore here in the booth today, but it is me. And Mr. Jason Walker, as I said, Atlanta sports royalty that we have here on the booth. We're going to talk about right now, as I said before, the Hawks are currently fourth in the East. And obviously, as I said in my last couple programs, 
Hawks need to just block out the noise. That was the title of last last episode. Uh, I took that from Coach O in the championship run at LSU. But blocking out the noise to focus on your task at hand, and that's all the Hawks have to do. Focus on who's available. Focus on the game plan, who you're playing that night, and just win. Just win, baby, win. And so there's some internal things that the Hawks have to overcome. But with 17 games left in the regular season, Jason, who do you think is the biggest external threat to the Hawks' current position with them being fourth right now? Even if we don't play them anymore, Boston at five, New York at six, Miami at seven, and Charlotte at eight. Well, it's always going to be the teams in your division because you're going to play them more. They know you better, and it's always tougher. So you know, you so that immediately takes you to Charlotte, Miami, and I think everybody kind of identifies, especially after the Memphis game, that a hard-nosed team like Miami could cause the most problems uh, for the Hawks. And uh, so you know, anybody that's a threat to lose head-to-head, uh, you know, to lose head-to-head against, then you know. That'll be that'll be the one. So, you know, Miami with, uh, you know, with, with how tough they are and the talent coaching staff uh, that they have over there, you know, and, and Charlotte, too. I mean, Borrego's a good coach. That's a good coach. And that's a well-coached team. And they've had their own, you know, losing LaMelo was a blow because that team was on the on the on the come with uh, with LaMelo running that running the situation over there. But they're still, you know, they're still in great shape. They got a great team. But uh, I mean, that's where you got to look at look at first. I, w- I would say Miami just because I got a lot of respect for Spolstra and I got a lot of respect for Jimmy and 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 Bam and those guys uh, down there. Man, they're, they're tough. They know what they're doing. They got a game plan. And they've been doing it uh, for this. So I mean, to me, they're the biggest they're the biggest threat. Yeah, and I know I put Boston in there, even though the Hawks did win the season series over the Celtics this year, which was just phenomenal. And is confidence builder because right now as i said boston is the fifth seed hawks are at four so if things continue to stay consistent that could be our first round matchup and so boston could say well we weren't fully healthy when you played us in the regular season what about hawks fans can say we weren't either so (laughs) that's going to be put up or shut up at that point and then obviously the knicks have been real tough and we're going to see the knicks soon along miami as well we're going to see both fairly soon but it's just real tight in the Eastern Conference right now. It's so tight between nine and four right now. Um, Indiana's on the outside looking in, and we play them on Sunday as Nathan Billing gets a chance to play against his former employer. So they're in the thick of things as well. Then there's a little bit of space. I know uh, the Zach Levine news, who we mentioned obviously earlier in the program, he did. He will be out for several games, it looks like. So that's going to be you know, some wind out of the sails for the Chicago Bulls. So like I said, in a vacuum, the Hawks need to just continue to focus on who they play, who's who's in front of them, who's healthy, the game plan, and going out and executing. And tonight is Milwaukee on TNT, and I I pray that you know Gallo and Trey Young are both healthy because I know that anytime they play on national television, they're on a show, and, and that's what I'm hoping for tonight. But the second question, as far as the trajectory of the rest of the regular season. If the Hawks somehow falter down the stretch in the East, and I'm going to knock on the wood right now as I ask this question, mm-hmm. would being in the playing turn be a disappointment in your in your opinion, Jason, compared to where the team was? Well, that's two questions, right? I mean, because uh, the first one, would it be a disappointment? Yes, considering where they are now and, you know, knowing the, that what this team can do, um, I think that, and rightfully so, they belong in the top four 
in the in the East, and to not be there would you know, and to be outside the top six would be a disappointment. There's no question, you know, no question about that. However, compared to last year, uh, no, not a disappointment. You're in the playoffs. That was your goal coming into the season. You want Trey Young to get a taste of postseason. You want Trey Young to be a part of all the promos. You want Trey to feel like he is in the elite there rather than him looking somewhere else down the road for that kind of of level of play. So, no, it's not a disappointment. This is what you went all in for is to get to the playoffs. That's what they said. And that's, you know, that's what they will. But, you know, knowing what this team is capable of and how high they've risen in such a short period of time uh, with Nate, uh, yeah, I think it would be disappointing at this point to be playing in rather than, you know, staying in the top four. 100% agree. And I know going into the season, I projected fifth seed after ceiling, sixth seed, seventh seed more realistic. And for them to be at four, obviously they're above the expectations. And even there was a, there was a point earlier in the season where the Hawks were like ninth and 10th in the East and they were in a slump. But then when you look at point differential, they were fourth in the East then. And I didn't, I mean, no one could have thought, obviously Miami being in the Eastern Conference Finals, winning it, and then obviously going to the NBA Finals last year, that they were going to have make some noise. Boston has been consistent. Toronto, a huge drop-off this year. Indiana being a playoff team. No one knew about Charlotte. No one knew about the Knicks. So it was just, it's been a lot of uncertainty, obviously with everything going on in society, a lot of uncertainty. Why not have it in our NBA basketball season? So that's what we're seeing now. And who who would have thunk it? Who would, who would have thunk it? But I, I agree with you that if they were somehow to be go from four seed to be seven seed by the end of the season, it would be a little disappointing because of where they were falling from grace, if you would like to say. But it's better than having the second, third worst record in the East yeah. and being a for sure lottery pick is definitely better. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you as a Hawks purist. Where's your excitement level for this team on a scale of one to 10 for this season right now? Um, yeah, I know it, that may be a loaded question with all the injuries. Maybe your uh, excitement is not a 10, but compared to where they've come from and where they could go, where are you at on a scale of one to 10? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a solid eight. I mean, I, it, there's something about this season too, that's kind of, you know, puts a ceiling on how excited you can feel because of the compressed schedule especially in the second half. I mean, that's leading the player injury. You know, it, it feels a little like an exhibition season out there, preseason uh, type thing with so many guys across the league being hurt because or worn out or needing rest because of this accelerated moving sidewalk schedule here. Um, you know, they're just zipping. There's no time to rest. You know, they're just you're moving even when you're not. So, you know, I, I, I'm still a solid eight. And then, you know, my excitement for the next three years uh, couldn't be better because you're going to have, you know, you have one of the most dynamic players in the league playing on your team. And it's something that the Hawks have been longing for and craving for a very, very long time. So, no, I'm a solid 10. I mean, you, whenever you're having a guy like Trey Young, having Trey Young on the team uh, and being able to watch him over the next three seasons, that is, that's enough to get me excited. Then you mix in all the the players that we know we have, you know, and Bogdanovich and and uh, Cam and Kevin, uh, you know, Big O, uh, you, know, you know, we'll see about you know Capella's long term, and we'll see about JC 
also. But knowing the guys that are already on here, DeAndre Hunter uh, for the for the long haul, and you know what Travis Schlenk was able to do in this offseason when he was ready to win, pull it together. So you could you know you figure that he'd be able to do that kind of thing in the next few off seasons, even if guys kind of come and go, role players come and role players go. God, it's just it's hard not to be excited uh, about that. But it all starts it all starts with Trey Young. And, uh, you know, being a longtime bird watcher, you know, I, I remember enjoying Dominique, but probably taking it a little for granted that he was always going to be a hawk. Because then when he wasn't, uh, you, you felt like it got cut short. You know, whether it was the right move that Pete got, Babcock made, man, it's another show altogether. Uh, he was probably right basketball wise, but he was wrong in terms of, you know, what it meant to the franchise, what it meant to the city and how much that really plays into um, how you do as a franchise. So I am not going to make that mistake with Trey. I enjoy every game that that man plays. He's playing hurt from time to time. He's disrespected league-wide, disrespected from a, a fan standpoint, disrespected from a pundit standpoint, and certainly disrespected by the NBA. He's not included in montages. He's not, uh, you know, the, we know about the officiating, which, you know, a whole other ball game. Uh, he's singled out, and I'm not sure why that is. Um on there, but I'm not going to be that guy. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving every single minute that he plays on the court, and him alone would make me a ten. But all the other things make it a ten as well. And listeners, if you hear the organ in the background, that's because <laughs> Jason was just preaching to you right there. <laughs> and I want all Hawks fans to you know to take up arms uh, the right way and defend Trey Young with everything that you got. As much as these Luca trolls come into my mentions and put down, hey, you traded, uh, you made a trade and we got Luca and you got uh, Cam Reddish. Like all those people who who jeer at us, we need to return that same energy, the same amount of energy that Jason just provided here on this program because he is disrespected, should have been an all-star. Yeah. Uh, he should at least got a phone call when some players dropped out uh, here in Atlanta. But I would have liked to hear the story that at least he got a phone call. It was in a, the game was in Atlanta. I just don't, you know, whatever. I I, I don't get it, but you know I, what? We we don't get paid the big bucks to make those decisions, and hopefully someone can uh, if he played make in, right on that. If he played in New York, if he played in Los Angeles, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But Atlanta is disrespected as a city, and it's disrespected by the Northeast, and it's disrespected by by the the California Dreamers. It's disrespected by you know. Uh, those, those folks and those are the folks that control kind of narratives. And, you know, you could do the math on why that is, why the ATL is always disrespected like that. Uh, you know, same reason why New Orleans was has been disrespected, uh, I think, over the years. You know, looked down on. Uh, you know, that's a whole cultural, you know, socio <laughs> conversation. But it plays out on the court, too. It plays out on the fields. It it plays out with these players. How come somebody plays for New Orleans or Atlanta or, or a team like that? And, you know, they kind of talked about one way, but when they go to one of these other uh, selected cities, privileged cities, they, uh, you know, suddenly things change and the, the tone changes. And suddenly you're not looking at what folks can't do. You, you talk rightly about what they can do. And, and that's something that goes on way too much in the South. And, you know, I think it's wrong, and I'm not going to do it with Trey Young. I wouldn't do it for Zion Williamson. I wouldn't do it for anybody. These are good 
men playing basketball and giving it up physically for for you know for my entertainment for your entertainment and you know there's just you know it, it's not right so anyway that's another soapbox for for another time but that it happens and so would you wonder if, if you're an Ox fan and you're and you're frustrated and you wonder why just know that it goes a lot deeper than I mean that some of the Trey and Lucas stuff go, gets into it but you know there's there's something else there's something else underlying there that you know probably should get fleshed out a little bit more over time but you know you you couldn't have said it better and for all my friends uh, up in the midwest that don't understand why i take so much pride being where i'm from yeah. being from the state of louisiana and obviously jason uh, having his affinity for his team that mentality that looked down upon that feeling is the feeling that we get and that's why we're so prideful for when our teams do good. Yeah. And Hawks fans, you know, shoot, you should have your chest out. Beat, beat on your chest. I know you're Hawks fans. And Trey Young and the Hawks may not get their, you know, just desserts here in the regular season with national uh, national televised games and recognition and all-star selections. But you know what? Get the last laugh in the playoffs and continue to just take it one game at a time. So I'm speaking of playoffs, <laughs> health, if this team is healthy, yeah. How far do you think this team can advance in the playoffs? I, I see them as a second round team, uh, potentially, uh, obviously running in probably to a Brooklyn or a Philadelphia and having a tough time there and bowing out. But if healthy, I see them as a second round team, in my opinion. What about you, Jason? Well, I mean, what's their record with Nate McMillan right now? You know, what's the record? 18 and five? 18 and five, 19 and five, uh, yeah, 19 and six, 19 and six, I think. So, yeah. Uh, that is deep playoff territory, record-wise. Now, playoffs are all about who you get matched up with, and I think the Hawks have a lot to to show us on the court about how they deal with tough physical teams because that, that's Philly. You know, that's Miami. Um, you know, teams of that, and that, it's the Knicks, too, now with Thibodeau. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are tough. T- look, what, look what Julius Randle did to the Hawks last time. Oof. It's t- You know, it's rough, and you got to be – ready to fight in game. Look at what the Grizzlies did. That's the Western Conference. But I'm just saying that is a, so matchups make a lot of difference who you're matched up with. If Hawks are matched up with another kind of similar team, uh, you know, they'll run through them. The, de- the depth is too strong. Especially they have Collins and Hunter, uh, Gallo, Trey, everybody, you know, if everybody's back, this team could go much. They could get to the conference finals. Just a matter of who they're matched up with uh, along the way. So they've got a lot to show me. I agree with you. I think you know they, if they maintain the four seed, they can they can get past whoever they play uh, there, and I think they can take Boston. Uh, yes. You know, I just don't think Boston. They don't have the front court. They don't have Marcus Smart's a different player. Now that's true. With Marcus Smart in there, he gives that that kind of that same Dylan Brooks type of tenacity on, on the wings that cause problems for the Hawks. But I don't think they have a front court that can that really makes you pay like Valanciunas for the Grizzlies or or Bam in in Miami, or you know, or Randall for New York, and those are the guys that I think give us the most problems. So I think they can make it all the way to the conference finals if the matchups are right. They have the talent to do that. The record shows that. But uh, you know, I think generally speaking, you know, second round's a good over under number uh, for them. That's a good. That's a you can set the line there. <laughs> yes, sir. Say on that. Yeah. So I have three quick questions about the off season. Uh, and then we're obviously we're going to talk about a couple games ahead before I have to let you go. No, you got a tight schedule. So first question, 
Yeah. Will the Hawks sign John Collins this offseason? Well, I tell you, there's a lot of headwind from the organization against it, and I don't understand it. Uh, like I said before, when you got a guy who's a matchup issue every night, it seems to me like you invest in the guy. And I guess in a vacuum they would. They're just, I think they're real hesitant to, to set to uh, pay market price on him. So, you know, I, my feeling is they sign him because it's it's not wise to let him walk away for nothing. Look what Boston happened to Boston when they let Hayward walk away for nothing. Uh, look at the Hawks the last time they went through that Millsap Horford uh, type situation. So, no, I think they sign him. Will they keep him long term? I don't know, but I think they will sign him. OK. Who stays on our team this offseason? Who is the odd guy out? I know I've been throwing out Cam Reddish because he compared to Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter has been available. He's, yeah. he's been on the court. He's shown what he can do. Whereas Cam Reddish has been hurt. He's yeah. been inconsistent. Uh, but, but is it somebody else? Is it somebody else who uh, goes? What is but, your thoughts there? So if they make a trade for like, if they go in the offseason and then make a trade for a veteran type guy that they think fills gaps, I think Cam Cam is the lead on that. You know, Or maybe Hunter. Uh, not So not necessarily guys you want to get rid of. I certainly don't. I love Cam Reddish uh, with the white hot passion of a thousand suns. He is so, so good. And he's such... You know, the personality shines through, too, but he's got such a diverse game, unbelievable size. I'd hate to do it. But if the Hawks felt like that they could win a championship the next year, I think Cam would be the first guy because that would be a guy that if I were trading a a vet to do that, that would be somebody that I want back. You know, Hunter's in that same thing. I don't think Herter has the same sort of value that those two that Hunter and Reddish have uh, out there in the market. So my, my feeling would be one of those two guys. Yeah. And then last offseason question, it's kind of, it, it may not be a great question, but do we retain Nate McMillan? Who, who gets their money first, JC or Nate McMillan? That's the question. That's the, <laughs> that's the question on Hawks Twitter. That has I, been the question on Hawks Twitter. I think that they both get it. And I think uh, I think as soon as the season's over, Nate, get. I'd like to see it even before then. But I think before the season's over, Nate McMillan is the full-time head coach on there. Yeah, I don't see how you win like this with this roster and you have the you the players on there. I don't see how you make that change. <laughs> I don't to either. Do that. So I, I think, yeah, they retain McMillan. Yeah. And last question before I let you go. Um, games coming up ahead. We have, obviously, after the game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, Sunday, we're still here in Atlanta. We take on the Indiana Pacers, as I mentioned. We take on Orlando on Tuesday, and then in a back-to-back that Wednesday, we play the New York Knicks again, so we get to see Julius Randle and that physical New York Knicks team once again. We take on the Miami Heat next Friday, and then next Sunday, we take on the Milwaukee Bucks again. So out of these games, which game are you most forward, looking forward to right there? Uh, You know... It's easy to say Milwaukee because you want to catch them as the thir- as the third seed and playing them twice. It really depends on what happens tonight. But uh, Milwaukee's always good because they're a good measuring stick uh, from that. But, you know, gosh, I, I love the Miami games. I I just always feel like it's it's a turf war in the in the southeast, you know, with the, with these two teams going going at it. Now, usually I like the Orlando games, too, for the same reason. But with Orlando throwing in the towel. On the yeah. season, it's a little less uh, compelling there. So, you know, God, I, I just I love seeing how the Hawks match up with the Heat because I really feel like if you can beat Miami consistently, 
you're in good shape moving forward. So I'm going to say Miami. I'm excited for that matchup, too. Obviously, we have split with the Heat this year. So this will be another opportunity to try to get a leg up on that series. The Bucks. the last time we played them in January, and we played without Trey Young. <laughs> and uh, I want to say it was Gallinari we didn't play with or Clint Capella. I, I, I always forget that. But we only lost by 13, 14 points. DeAndre Hunter had a wonderful game yeah. that game. So uh, we're not far off, and we weren't full strength against the Bucks. So I just want to be fully healthy when we take on the Bucks. But absolutely right, we got we got to take care of our home turf. We got we got to take care of Orlando. We yep. got to take care of Miami. Continue to just win, just win games, just win games at this point. Because as of right now, it looks like they're going to exceed my projections for this season. I projected 37, 38 games. Um, for the Hawks winning in 30. So uh, let's let them get that last laugh and make this playoff run and really show the national landscape as far as the NBA goes that the Hawks are for real and uh, they're not a joke. Atlanta is not all about Magic City and rap music and the culture. <laughs> We're about basketball, too. We put basketball players out. And we have a pretty dang good basketball team here in Atlanta. So with that, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on to our show today. Tell our listeners how they can connect with you and what else you got going on going forward. Yeah, no, hit, hit, hit anybody listening to this can hit me up at, on Twitter at Jason Walker NBA and uh, have a conversation. I love talking to folks. I don't just address the trolls, uh, which means I, I typically don't get many. I get mostly folks who just want to talk basketball and chime in about the Hawks and it's definitely a safe space. I know safe spaces are important these days. <laughs> so it's my Twitter account is very much a safe place. Feel free to come on by and and talk about Hawks basketball, especially if you can go deep and talk about the old days. Yeah, now, you know, uh, scratch my itch, man. You know, I, I like uh, talking about I like talking about the old, the older teams, too. So hit me hit me up. Please hit him up. Like I said, he is Atlanta sports media royalty. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to get him on. I'm just so thankful that our schedules were able to match up, um, me with an off day, and get him on the show. And, guys, if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it to everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at Hoopball Hawks on Twitter. That is at Hoopball Hawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T67. And as always, yeah!